Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Perfect. Hi, Jacent. Uh, so my name is Rosie and I'm a hand calligrapher and engraver. I make visually captivating gifts and centerpieces that are perfect for um, capturing any moment that you would want to remember in your life. And that could be, you know, buying a house, getting married, um, you know, proposing anything that would be a momentous occasion in one's life is something that you would want to capture into these gifts. And I work with specific clients um, at, say, like Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom or even Netflix to create amazing gifts that people can take home and, you know, becomes kind of a timeless centerpiece for their lives and in their homes. I love it. You are so talented, so multi-talented. So this isn't, this wasn't created by a machine or something like (laughs) with your hand, like it's amazing. And that, and you only told us half of what you do because you got a whole career, a whole day job um, where you're, you're also very engaged and busy and having to exercise a lot of, you know, different skills as well. And so I'm glad to have you on the show because so many people right now are either exploring the idea of starting, growing and scaling a business, you know, have a a side hustle that they want to turn into their full-time thing, or they, they're not sure why they're, you know, not getting the response or the sales or engagement that they would like. And so I'm really excited to learn more about how you've been able to grow your business to just, oh, you know, no big deal. Be working with like Neiman Marcus and like Netflix and and all that fun stuff. Right. And so I just love how humble you are and how um, gracious you are with sharing, you know, how you've been able to get to where you're at now. But in your day job, it's in your day job. Are you a pharmacist? I am. It's really funny that you mentioned that just because I'm, I feel like I'm more proud of my calligraphy and my um, entrepreneurship journey than I am of the pharmacy journey. And it's interesting because I actually started my calligraphy business because I needed to pay off my pharmacy loans. Um, so I actually started calligraphy in 2013, which was actually all, also the year that I started pharmacy school. And, you know, the two came pretty much at the same time. And I just needed something to, you know, get some stress relief from just because memorizing drug names is not the most exciting thing in the world to do. Um, and it's a pretty vigorous program as well. You know, it's three years of um, three years of didactics and one full year of rotations. So the whole four years that you're in pharmacy school, it's pretty, it's very, very intense. Um, there's a lot of exams, a lot of homework, a lot of group work, and of course, a lot of studying. So I needed calligraphy to get my mind off of all of that and just give me a new, I guess, you know, a way to release all of that stress. So, so, oh, yeah. um, so when I uh, graduated pharmacy school in 2017, I got my dream job, which was a residency at a hospital. And um, when I moved back to California, because I was actually up in Washington for pharmacy school, um, I ended up not being able to get my license just because the licensing exam for California is actually very rigorous as well. So I failed by one point and I ended up losing my job. So then um, I had an intern license, but I didn't have a pharmacist license, which meant I couldn't really work anywhere 
So I was kind of in this weird limbo of owing $200,000 worth of loans and not being able to actually get a high paying pharmacist job. So um, I was stuck and I felt like the only way that I could really get out of that as far as personally and professionally was to really monetize my calligraphy business. And so that's kind of how everything started. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is a dynamic story. Okay. (laughs) I think it's so – I'm just even more excited to have this conversation because I think a lot of the times people are comparing themselves to a standard that doesn't exist and – and thinking that their story is supposed to be perfectly put together and that there will no there won't be any bumps in the road there's not supposed to be any struggles and if there are there's something wrong you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so i just really enjoy that you mentioned not enjoyed your struggle but enjoy that you <laughs> <laughs> that you that you have had you've had a dynamic experience thus far, right? Like you started your business while you were in, well, you said you started it, was it a hobby at first or you it started? It was a hobby. Yeah. Definitely gotcha. started as a hobby. Okay. So you started as a hobby while you were in school so that you could be taking care of yourself, right? Mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. um, while you were going through a rigorous program. But then you recognized that you could turn it into something that could help you to offset, you know, the other things that were going on. And so I think that just really truly speaks to how to show up when adversity knocks at your door <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and pivot you know and 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 figure out okay well what do what can i do in this situation how can i either make the most of this learn something and get back on my feet and so you know i assume so many people me included you know when something happens that we aren't expecting if we lose a job if we fail a class if a relationship ends naturally i think maybe our first inclination at some point is like the world is ending you know or like right. oh my god i'm mm-hmm. a failure like like, you know, what's going on here? What's wrong with me? But then obviously we don't have the nitty gritty details about how you took that. But at some point you shifted your mindset and then you took that and turned it into action. Right. And I think that's what's really significant is like, how was it that you were able to get into gear as opposed to like being put down or like, you know, stopping everything or feeling like, oh, well, maybe I'm not even supposed to be going down this path. You know, like what helped you to shift your mindset at that time? Yeah. So when I um, I actually started getting into the pharmacy field in 2000, when was it like 2009? Um, You know, I started, I had the idea of going to pharmacy school when I was in um, like right out of high school. And I was like gung ho about it. So I like got my bachelor's degree, I got a technician job. So this journey leading up to the point where I lost my job and failed my licensing exam it's, it was probably, I want to say, nine to 10 years in the making. Mm-hmm. So like I knew I wanted to do pharmacy. I knew that this was the route for me. And then when I lost all of that, it really did feel like kind of like a death, like a death of a dream, really. You know, and when you get to that point, you know, you, you kind of realize like, okay, what am I about? What exactly do I stand for? Like, what is my identity at that point? You know, it really is like a a breakup or a death in the family. You know, it's like a death of a dream. And in order to kind of bounce back from that, I definitely had to reevaluate what my goals in life were. And um, obviously had a lot of support from my family and my friends, had a lot of, you know, tender moments. And, you know, 
I think you just have to really accept that it's happening and acknowledge it and then make plans to get out of that hole. You know, like I feel like everyone kind of has an adversity that they have to face and what you really do with it, how you respond to that is actually the thing that makes you successful. So after I, you know, had the pity party for myself, <laughs> I um, went back in and was like, okay, calligraphy, I can make money from. I know that. So let's, while I'm studying for my licensing exam, let's make plans to build my business. So I started off doing cards. I practiced a lot of calligraphy during that point, And I was selling a lot of um, momentous cards on Etsy. Um, and then just, you know, did a lot of, you know, reached out to brides and seeing if they would let me, um, do a little bit of calligraphy for their wedding. My cousin was getting married at that time. So I was like, okay, Hey, so I, I don't have any money. I don't have a job and I'm still paying rent. So can I just make all of your calligraphy stuff for your wedding? So I did her seating chart, her welcome sign, a timeline, um, like 200 place cards and pretty much every single table sign that there was out there. So it was a really fun way for me to <clears throat> build my portfolio. Excuse me. <clears throat> so I was able to build my portfolio because I got amazing photos from her photographer. Um, and then just kind of built it up from there. And I was like, okay, I know how much I can charge for this. So let's continue down this route and see what else I can build. And it was just a lot of experimentation, doing whatever, you know, just not being afraid to experiment and pushing yourself beyond what you see online and just being innovative and truly just reaching for being the best calligrapher that you can find on the internet. Ooh, you are something else. You are <laughs> something else, okay? Because the way that you speak, and it's very quick and easy for me to tell at this point, like when someone speaks where their confidence is at, if that makes sense. Mm. And confidence not being arrogance, confidence just meaning like an assurity and an appreciation for, you know, yourself and your qualities and trusting your your abilities, essentially. And so what I've heard you say multiple times is like, I know I can make money from selling my calligraphy, you know, um, my calligraphy projects, I know that I'm able to make a business out of this and, and, and it, for it to be successful. And that level, and you said it so seemed like it was like effortless, you know, <laughs> for you, I'm sure that sounds, it's like, well, I mean, that's just where I'm at, but on a daily basis, um, and we're actually in a confidence, you know, um, series right now. So many people mm -hmm. I think, struggle with appreciating and really um, giving themselves credit for their gifts and their talents and taking ownership and then being able to figure out for the, the things that you do want to monetize that it's possible because you didn't say, well, I wasn't sure if I could make it into a thing. So I wanted to just try it. You're like, no, I, yeah, it's possible. You know, and you're, <laughs> you're like, I see it. there's people doing it on Etsy all the time. There's people that are, you know, um, yes, exactly. there's already people who've already paved the way for you. You just have to pave it even farther and do it better than what the past calligraphers have done. You're like my new favorite human um, <laughs> because I, because what happens is when you have when you have an abundance mindset, you don't see walls, you see windows. Mm -hmm. And when someone has a you know a scarcity mindset, 
all they see is like brick walls and a moat and an alligator and a piranha in the water, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so someone would look at Etsy and be like, or look at calligraphy and be like, oh my God, everybody's doing calligraphy. Like it's saturated. I'll never be able to, you know, and come up with all mm-hmm. the reasons why they can't or that it's impossible or that they're not going to be able to get paid what they're worth and charge what, you know, they're worth as opposed to what they think people will pay. And what you're saying is you're seeing through the window that is like, the people that have come before me, everyone that's doing it is actually just making my job easier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Exactly. Exactly. Making it easier for me to thrive in this business because now I can easily do market research. Like I see what people are charging. I see what the quality of work people are putting out. I see how if I do things just a little bit different and play around and experiment and, and be innovative in a way that I can set myself apart. And that is literally like the embodiment of an abundance mindset. Yeah. And it was definitely, it did not start that way. I can tell you that much for sure. Um, I think abundance mindset is such a huge thing that you have to really fix your brain into thinking that way. Like it's so easy to, because we didn't grow up in, you know, like a, a wealthy household or anything like that. We grew up very poor. And so the scarcity mindset has been so ingrained in me for so long. It took years of like practicing and experimenting with everything and anything that I could see on the market and figuring out what sticks. You know what? You mentioned you wanted to, you knew you wanted to do pharmacy. At least you started in 2009, right? Mm-hmm. We're now in 2021, you guys listening. Okay. I, if you haven't taken notes already, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and listen to the episode all over again. And you need to send this to somebody that needs to hear it because <clears throat> these days people just give up too easy. You give up too fast. So you something gets hard and you're like, oh gosh, you get scared and you give up and you don't strap in for the long haul. So if you, it means that that thing was not what you really wanted to do. It didn't mean that much to you. Or that you're letting the fear consume you as opposed to turning the stimulation, whatever that stimulus is, into fuel to propel you to move forward. Because you've wanted, you started doing this 2009. You didn't go to school until I think you said 2013, 12, 13? Uh, yeah, 2013 was when I started pharmacy school. 2013 is when you started pharmacy school and when you started doing calligraphy as a hobby. Mm-hmm. It is now 2021. Like you've had a lot of time on task. You've spent a lot of hours and effort and energy and tears and probably pricked your finger or some, I don't know how to do calligraphy. So I'm not <laughs> Paper cuts or something. Okay. Yes. Um, in the process of getting to where you're at now. So I, I'm sure like people see you now and they're like, oh my God, like you're so confident. You look, you, this just looks like it's easy for you. And then it would be easy for someone to discredit that this has been like, a work in progress. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, yes. Like, a, like almost a decade, if right. not more, of like just getting yourself into the right headspace and, and allowing yourself to um, to try and fail, whatever we call failing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then get to this place that you're at now. And I'm sure now you even say like, there's still more for me to learn. Like I'm open to continue. Absolutely. 100%. I love that. So <laughs> wanted to obviously, you know, may have pay your bills. Um, but I know that you also mentioned that you are now seeking to pay off some debt, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. This is, you know, there's a portion of me that's afraid if I pay off all of my loan debt, am I going to have the same drive to build my calligraphy business? And that's kind of a weird dark water 
territory that I am excited to cross, but also really terrified. Um, but yeah, I, let's see, I think when at the end of the year, hopefully my goal is to pay off the rest of my loans um, by August. And by the end of it, I will have paid off about $221,000 of loans. Um, so I'm really, really excited for that. Absolutely. 100% stoked. $221,000 in student loans only? Yes, pretty much all student loans. Um, and there was a lot of interest that was worked into that. So y'all, and I, I, I try not to be callous. I don't think it's callous. Like there's no, <laughs> now, obviously you're also a pharmacist. However, you lost your job. You started a whole business. Like you're doing both now. Um, like there, I feel like some people get very stunted and stuck in the despair of their situation and don't turn that into desire to move forward and figure out how to make it work, you know? And so 220, that's like a house, like that's a condo or something. (laughs) (laughs) And and you are on track to pay. And how old are you? I am 32. And you're like, what? You're going to be 32 or 33 when you pay it off. I'm hoping to pay it off before my birthday, which is in August. So 32 when I'm loan free (laughs) is the goal. 32, having already paid off the amount of a condo or a small house or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, And the world is your oyster. And even if you didn't grow your business, the world wouldn't end. Like money no longer becomes something that's a motivator. And if you wanted to transition to do something else, you could. If you wanted, what I think is probably going to happen is that it's going to be like the opposite. Like it's going to be like next level because (laughs) what you're doing is just going to be out of pure just enjoyment and, you know, love of serving because you're also a coach, right? Like you're going to have so much energy and drive just to see how you can push the limits because right now your energy is being sent to I'm doing this so that I can do that thing over there. Mm -hmm. But when that energy is no longer going to that space, all of your energy gets to be redistributed. Oh, I love that. Oh, Jacette, so many gems here. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that it's really going to be actually an opposite effect for you where it's going to be like what you do between August of this year and August of next year is going to be like blowing your mind. Like you're going to be like, I never would have even thought I could have even done that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's so exciting. So that's why I'm like, I can't nobody come talk to me and tell me excuses. I understand that life is hard. There are things that come up. We need to feel our feelings. I'm not saying like, don't experience the losses of, you know, losing a job and breakups and losing people and whatnot. But I am saying that there is a portion of your life, a portion of yourself that you can influence and control to do something really impactful. And I would really love to hear about, you know, how you then moved into coaching because you didn't start out coaching either. So, you know, um, how was it that you started growing your business from just doing the calligraphy into, you know, evolving within that space and then becoming someone that now people come to and get support for? Yeah. And I love that you brought up the whole, um, you know, not just making sure that you're not surrendering to what is happening right now, even if it is a loss or a failure, whatever it is, because I feel like that is the embodiment of 2020. So (laughs) moving forward from that, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like 2021 is still a continuation of 2020. It's just, you know, part two, I guess. 
<laughs> the sequel. Yes, the sequel. Hopefully it's the end of the trilogy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, 2020, I feel like started off really strongly. Um, I went in knowing that I wanted to teach any kind of calligraphy classes, um, whether that was pointed pen or brush pen or whatever kind of lettering. Um, and I ended up joining a, um, a company called Sip and Script. And they actually do like kind of like a plant night or paint night type of deal where you go to like a restaurant and you drink and you teach and, you know, like learn calligraphy and stuff. And, you know, it's a really fun night out with the girls. And I ended up, I like, I drove, I drove in head first. I was like, I am going to do this. This is how I'm going to pay off my debt. So I go in and I book at least 20 restaurants for classes. And I was like, so excited. My March class, I think I had, I want to say 12 classes scheduled. There was one weekend I had four classes scheduled and that reaped a lot of benefit for me at the time. And then literally right after that weekend, everything got canceled because of COVID. So I was like doing the math and I was like, oh my God, like how much did I lose from this? Um, And not only that, but I had um, a lot of gigs booked. So I was um, booking gigs for like Makeup Forever. I was going to go into Sephora and then engrave some lipsticks for, you know, as a promo event. I also had... um, another event lined up where it was kind of like a music festival, but for like wine. Um, so I was going to get paid for three days to be over there and write on, you know, champagne flutes and stuff and create a really fun experience for the, um, the clients there. Of course that got canceled. So (laughs) having all of my live events just slip out from under me was definitely a challenge to kind of get over. Plus I had to, you know, adjust, to the new pharmacy workflow where we all had to wear masks and sanitize every one to two hours and, you know, kind of stay away from the clients or sorry, it's the customers or patients rather. And um, even one of my technicians wound up getting COVID. And so the whole pharmacy had to shut down and I was running it by myself. And so it was certainly a challenge in not only the pharmacy realm, but also the calligraphy realm and just pivoting my business so that it would survive the year. So I ended up um, double downing on myself and I was like, okay, if I can do calligraphy in person, I'm pretty sure I can sell it online. And so I kind of dabbled in doing um, online downloads. Um, I made a font in 2020 as well. So that was really fun. Um, and then just decided that I wanted to do coaching because I love teaching other calligraphers how to double down on their own businesses and teaching them how to create something and sell something and, you know, scale their business. Cause a lot of them, they come in thinking, okay, I'll just do cards. You know, for me, my mentality is, okay, we're going to make those cards, but we're going to turn that into um, like a t-shirt or a notebook. And then we're going to get that design in say home goods. You know, I'm going to get you to get your art license. I'm going to get you to scale your business and think outside the box so that you're not just, you know, working as working on calligraphy as a hobby. This is going to be a full-time job for you, just how, how it's going to be a full-time job for me soon. So it's been really fun. Um, I started, um, it's called the Croft Cap. Let. <laughs> It's called the Craft Academy, and I'm actually mentoring 
other calligraphers how to find their niche, build their brands, scale their businesses, and really get their designs and their products out into multiple retailers, not just on Etsy or, you know, like a small couple of sales a month type of deal. This is I'm, I'm taking them to the next level. Woo, 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 wee, woo, wee, y'all. If you are interested in learning about Rosie, because I'm interested, I'm like, shoot, maybe I'm gonna be a calligrapher too. Like, I just Let's go, girl. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're interested in getting in contact with Rosie and just, you know, just well, one, the pictures are just pretty, okay. Um, but just really understanding how to um, start, grow, and scale your business, your calligraphy business you know, um, the right way from the get go, you know, in a way that is going to lead to less headaches. Right. I'm sure you have cut out a lot of the guesswork for the people. (laughs) You did the trial and error. Like you've gone through, um, all of the bumps and bruises and you're helping people to avoid some of that and really figure out how to take command and control of your life so that you can live on your own terms, whatever that looks like for you. You said you ain't just going to be doing these cards. You're going to be at home goods, sis. Okay. (laughs) license we a whole font I'm like that's wild you are my people yes because we need to dream bigger we need to allow mm-hmm. ourselves to dream bigger and see what happens and it's not the end of the world if things don't go exactly as we outline in our mind but it always feels good to just take a chance on yourself 100 percent couldn't have said it any better so I would love for you to share, you know, what you've got coming up and where everyone can stay in in communication and in contact with you, um, because I'm really excited personally to continue to see how your story evolves. Um, and I want to make sure that anyone who wants to connect with you can. Absolutely. So I am 100% available on Instagram. And right now my handle is at Wandercrafter, so W-A-N-D-E-R-C-R-A-F-T-E-R. And the reason why I have to spell that is because some people think it's like wonder versus wonder. So um, we're going to be doing a little bit of rebranding um, probably within the next month or so. So it'll then be called Modern Script. And um, from there, I'm actually going to be more focused on the niche, which is my engraving calligraphy for luxury brands. Um, I also will be scaling my coaching program, which will be opening for registration again in March. And you can find that information on my website. Um, If you go to wondercrafter.com, you'll see um, the Craft Academy as one of the headline bar things. um, Or you can just click on coaching if you scroll down. So you can feel free to Instagram me, um, send me a message. Um, I love connecting with other calligraphers and new business people and people who keep my um, finances on track just like you. And I love everything that you post. I'm like... 100% for it. So I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad that we got connected and that you were able to come and share your encouraging story just of of resilience and um, dynamic uh, experience of the ups and the downs and, Mm -hmm. and being able to dream big and not let life keep you from continuing to move forward toward the vision that you see, you know, in your mind. And so I do really appreciate you and have gratitude and the whole tribe is going to be supporting you and cheering you on as you finish up paying your debt off. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you too, Jacen. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. 
Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.